0: Rising, He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Oh my goodness. Sussex Squad Nation. He's alive. He's risen. He's alive
1: indeed. He's alive indeed. And he's risen too.
0: <laughs> Happy, Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Sussex yeah. Squad Nation. Happy Thank Easter. you for tuning in. Wow. Easter is here.
2: It's here. And the Easter basket has already been fully raided so we're well on our way
0: wow and there's so much going on how are you guys how was your week
1: no it was great it was great it was uh even busier than usual to be perfectly honest so it was uh it was a full sprint to get here but uh it's a lot of good things a lot of good things so from what i understand
0: you guys have a lot of work happening
1: yeah, we pushed a lot out this week, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of the good stuff that starts to filter back in, but it's the cycles that kind of go through. You know, you you get a lot of work done, and then you hear a lot of responses later, and then it's the ebb and flow.
0: But what about you? Uh, it's, it's, well, before we get into me, George, how are you? How was your week?
2: No, the week was good. It's uh, I'm very happy. I mean, I know spring officially began a couple of weeks ago, but it really feels like it's fully sprung at this point, which is great i love the warm weather i am starting to combat the allergies as some people may be able to tell from my voice but uh it is all with the happiness that comes with more sunshine and warmer
0: temperatures. That's wonderful. It's so good to see you guys. Happy Easter. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, as
2: Charles said, what what about you? We know that you are constantly juggling at least 15, 20 different projects and somehow managing to keep them all up and happening at the same time and, and somehow succeeding in every one of them. But I don't know about, how about you. What, what's going week, on with you?
0: This week was very difficult um, because – I was in the edge of my seat with the squad. You know, they were killing it. When I mean killing it, killing it to a point where I am behind of all my work, all my school work, everything. I'm just, I'm just behind everything. Like there's report that need to be done. There's, you know, people to be to talk to. Like I was behind because I couldn't stop listening to whether it was studying last, you know, what, six days ago, Ivy from Sussex Global, UK, to facts and two sins that killing it in that report. And we really need to give a round of applause, not just to all of them, but specifically our boy, Baron from (laughs) Wuhan. Oh, my God. What else? Oh, Bill my Baron. God. You, sir, deserve an award. A big award. What, what award would that be? The, <laughs> sir, the
2: Pulitzer The Pulitzer. The Pulitzer the, for Baron. We're going to start the nomination right now. We'll start We polling. really
0: do. We really do. Like, the last four days, it was just nonstop. I couldn't do my work.
2: That in and And, of itself is is meritorious of an award because to get you behind schedule on work is in a feat in and of itself.
0: (laughs) And for any of you that were just tuning in that was not referred by Royal Sussex, please go to that channel and just watch the last four days. In my opinion, you guys, Barron should won the Pulitzer Prize. I really do think that because it was incredible. The investigation report that he's done was at his finest. was the best I've seen in a long time. Okay. And as far as I'm concerned, that should be, re- you know, rewarded. The last four days, like he had me on my seat. I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know what he was going to say. It was just like bombshell after bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. It was like. Oh my God, like you're killing me. I need to do my work and, and I could, I just couldn't stop. It was insane, the amount of work and research that was done. And specifically the, the, the short video that he released that he did, he worked on. Um, it was, um, I think it was April 7 video. Um, please guys, go check it. It called The Plot. Princess Diana, Prince Charles, and Camilla Parker Bowles. Um, you know, it was a, a book that called Rebel Prince by Tom Bauer. And it was incredible. It was like, just like, oh my God, he literally had me on the edge. So that was what my week was. And here I am here this Sunday. Behind Still schedule. have a lot to catch on. So, yeah. So what, are, what is happening in our, you know, prince princess land? What is going on with the news about them? I'm going to kick it with the news already. All right. We can do the news. Yeah, um, we have to.
1: Yeah. So there's actually some good stuff going on, as usual. They're always very busy. So Harry actually, on April 23rd, Team Africa Parks, comprised of a team of park rangers from across the continent, will run in the London Marathon to raise awareness and support for the conservation of... Uh, Those particular NGOs. So, but uh, Prince Harry has actually served as the president of the African parks uh, since 2017 and was recently visited several parks since uh, in last August. And during those visits, he met with some rangers in Mozambique, Rwanda, Zambia, uh, and then also welcomed in some U.S. officials, conservationists and philanthropists just to learn about how to uh, actually practice uh, protecting these wonderful areas. Um, and then, as everybody knows, these park rangers basically are the lifebloods of all of these African parks. And so it's really important that we kind of um, just increase their kind of stage presence and kind of their awareness in terms of how, how much of a good work they really do in order to kind of help the rehabilitation and management of these uh, really in, in important protected areas.
0: Wonderful. And what is next? What about our princess?
1: The princess actually on May 16th, so still almost a little bit more than a month away, but she will be awarded the Women of Vision Award. Mm. Yep. Um, Yeah, bravo to that. Yes, exactly. Clap, 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 clap. She's been, uh, obviously, she's been crushing it uh, for a long time now, but it's by the MS Foundation. And what they are is basically it's a foundation for women that has shaped history in women's philanthropy, specifically in the United States, and provided kind of a blueprint for the establishments of hundreds of locals uh, and regional women's funds, uh, and helps influence kind of the mainstream culture uh, through a nationwide project, such as Take Care Our Daughters to Work, uh, making grants over $90 million uh, for about 1,600 grassroots organizations from across the country. And it's really... Um, you know, a national model for sustainable trust-based philanthropic support for uh, women of color-led movements. So very, very, uh, very, very cool, Uh, very much needed.
0: This is what a working world should look like, should be like.
1: That's right. Uh, Something that's not paid for amen uh but actually earned so and then as a couple so uh it was actually pretty interesting so time magazine actually just released their top 100 most influential readership poll yes so it's nothing that actually the editors themselves had actually concocted it's actually what the readers themselves and who they have actually decided to be who they felt to be the most influential people mm. um, So there's a, And it's great because actually it's a global audience Because time mm. is actually after all still a fairly big brand Our one and only Harry and Megan Were three and four
0: No no, they, they, they were of the free. most
1: important, uh, uh, again, not editors, but just their readers, most influential readership poll. So everyone keeps on saying about how, you know, basically they no longer matter, that basically oh, yeah. no one cares anymore. Yeah. And that they basically lost their Nobody platform.
0: wants to hear what they have to say. Yeah, it's this not... whole thing. No. But, clearly, sure?
1: but clearly what it is is that more than 2% of the actual vote went for Harry and Meghan. I, I no and I, Harry was first Megan was fourth just they came in as, as a couple which is actually I think just really cute the fact that they basically matched them together are you because uh, it wasn't
2: sure actually a couple that? it was
1: actually individual
2: an additional round of applause I think we've done the three so I mean, far but it's another one
0: I mean Ooh, I mean yeah. no that, that could not have happened for people that who is so unpopular for people that would just basically no one's want to hear of what they have to know yeah, you're, you're sure? just dripping with sarcasm right now mm, mm-hmm. yeah truly anyway well thank you so much charles and um we've been reading some really very beautiful interesting comment oh my god so so and, many amazing comments they're really oh my they god make it all amazing thank you so much guys thank you so would you like to read some of them I know we could
2: only f- read a few it's true we would love to read all of them because they're just all fantastic and so filled with love and we appreciate it more than we could ever say but to Lady Sussex's point we'll just read a few uh, that we really uh, in- enjoyed and also just helped uh, add ad- even additional perspective beyond what we Correct. talked about ourselves uh, in last week's service uh, so the first one is from Lorna Williams who wrote great Sunday service. I listened very closely and I agree that Camilla is trying to erase Diana from people's memories by inserting her own narrative. However, I believe that in turn she is erasing herself. No one remembers the followers or copycats who do things. Secondly, she's trying to compete with a princess because of who, because of her death will remain forever young. Followers always make fatal mistakes in their efforts to erase history. King yep. Charles having a state during the Palace of Versailles, where the last French king met an unfortunate end, was not a great signal to send, given the economic state of the UK. I enjoy the service. Bless you all on this Palm Sunday. Very <laughs> interesting. Amen. So thank you for that, Lorna. And, and it's an interesting idea. Yeah. The fact Absolutely. that
1: their efforts may actually be just
2: backfiring on themselves. Mm-hmm. It's um, amazing they don't
1: like you would think they would actually take that into consideration, <laughs> like the, just the optics behind it. Have a little bit of foresight, especially because they're just so conniving with how they kind of, you know, set everything else up. But I think they kind of miss; they don't pay as much attention to themselves as they do trying to take down every like other people. It seems
0: the bauble is will right.
1: Mm, that's this, true. This is this is very true.
0: And
2: so. um Speaking of the bubble, the next comment actually is in some ways addressing the same thing. It's from Hen Pal, who said, Thank you for the podcast. It is very interesting. The fact of the matter is that there is only one supreme God who rules the entire universe. It was brought to my mind earlier today how the prophet Samuel rejected all of Jesse's elder children and went for David to be anointed as king. I am surprised that Charles is still avoiding to see or speak to his son at the misguided instructions of his courtiers. These same courtiers have children of their own. Will they treat any of their children this way? Indeed, if Princess Diana was still alive, will things have gotten so messy? The point is that Charles has more rags, this is how uh, Henpal's father describes experience, than Harry. He should have used his wisdom, after all, he is the head of the Church of England, to sort the problem out. Harry will never be king, so why were they having problems letting him live his own life and be happy? I don't understand the reasoning behind this behavior, Charles into the 70s, may God grant us wisdom in all situations. And that's
0: the problem that they have and they will continue to have because that the man choose to have his own life and they will not let him. And, and that is why? something everybody understands that it does not make any sense
1: at all. I think it's the fact that they can't control him.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's, we know that. that's
1: the essence. Because mm-hmm. the problem, the, not the problem, the, the the situation is, is what they've always used Harry as is basically the foil yeah, in order to cover up their own misdeeds or bad press or publicity or whatever else. And so they basically just chuck him out whenever they're trying to distract attention away from their own shortcomings. And so now they can't do that so easily because they obviously can't control what he does, says, and think. And he proved that ever so explosively just recently. Right. So, um, so I think that they're, they just don't know what to do at this point because at this point they've just kind of missed out and they've, uh, they've lost their Guinea pig. Yeah. Well, their sacrificial lamb. Actually the fact that it's Easter. There we go. <laughs> uh,
0: yep. Go ahead. Uh,
2: our third comment, and we're actually gonna do four today. So the third, uh, second to last that we'll read, uh, today is actually from the swirl experience, uh, who agreed with you, lady Sussex, uh, that the word majesty attached to Camilla is bothering me as well. This woman has no honor, and so to call her majesty is extremely difficult because without honor, there is no respect. Camilla is attempting to erase Diana and her children by having her own kids and grandkids center stage at the coronation. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to alter the succession... Maybe announcing one or both of Camilla's kids are actually Charles's firstborns. <laughs> All of this is premeditated and absolutely not a coincidence of any kind. Nothing is impossible with these people. And there's certainly no saying as a coincidence. Amen. And our last comment for today, even though there's so many more we would want to read, is from uh, Levertha August, who wrote that, Speaking of erasure, do not forget the coronation date chosen on Archie's birthday. <laughs> Are they trying to erase Archie's significance in the hierarchy, the pettiness and dishonesty have created a failure that has become so apparent to outside observers across the globe. And the Royals can't seem to understand that there is no right way to continuously do something wrong. No legacy is so rich
0: as honesty, William Shakespeare. Amen to that. We will touch on that even more as we continue with the service. So should we get the service started, this wonderful Easter Sunday service? Because it's packed.
2: It is packed. And so I'm going to keep the disclaimer for today very short because there's a lot of great things to get into. But it is important to always state that, one, we are not experts. And, two, we don't claim to be (laughs) experts. But we are here to share these things that we hold to be important, these things that we believe in. Um, And part of that really is stopping, pausing, thinking for a moment and actually really discussing the words and the symbols and, and everything really, especially the words uh, that make up, our conversation about our lives and our situations that we find ourselves in today. Um, because if we don't, then things may go unnoticed that should really have that really do deserve more attention. And so that's and, why we're here.
0: Yeah, and, and everyone should be inspired to do your own research and, and, and read and, and figure this out because that's what we are here for. Right. I Absolutely. think the time call for it, where we stepping up, so let's get to service study.
3: Don't be afraid. We are a society built on love, built on tolerance. built on love for each other, acceptance. Give them love, give them love. Don't matter what you look like, don't matter what you believe, but just believe in love. I'm talking to Philly, I'm talking to London, I'm talking
4: to DC, And Berlin, and we can always
0: The sex coordination, Charles and George. This is really incredible, guys, um, that we find ourselves where we find ourselves today and that the only way for us here to look at the chaos the words that have been saying throughout the week and how things is manifesting itself, that really not making any sense for us here. And I'm sure it's not making sense for any of the Sussex Squad supporters, Sussex Squad nations at all. And for us, the only way that we think that may be helpful to understand the chaos it's to look into the words themselves the meaning of the words and see if there's anything that could lead us to somewhat of a, an understanding and so for today's service sussex coordination charles in charge and all our supporters the words are media reckless symbol so those three words seems to in my opinion seems to work together for media reckless symbol but i would like to know the meaning of the word media what was that a thing to be to do what is that word, media? Where did that come from, Charles? Sure. So it's
1: actually one of the younger words that we've had, because oftentimes you go back and it's like old Latin, back into the you know late Greek, as some of the other words we'll get into later today. But this, in the context in which we're talking about it today, was actually first used in 1922. Oh, wow. So it, wasn't, it was actually quite recent. Uh, the singular media, and its plural medias, Uh, seem to have originated in the the field of advertising um, over 70 years ago. And they are still widely used today without the stigma within that specialized field. Uh, In most other applications, media is used as a plural form of medium. And the popularity of the word in reference uh, to the agencies in mass communication is leading to the formulation of a mass noun construed as a singular. Mm. So... Media is plural, but because of the the context in which it's not most usually used, uh, people just now construe that as basically being a singular noun. I see. So what that actually means is that it's a medium of cultivation, of conveyance, or expression. Mm-hmm. That is the actual literal meaning, and because it's so recent, that's basically what you got.
0: Wow. Okay. Very good. And for you, George. Yeah, no the uh,
2: the thing that when you when you look it up and you spend some time researching the word to Charles's point, it is super super young, um, which is interesting to the idea that when we talk about media, we talk about uh, when you think of it, you say okay, well, there's newspapers, there's television channels, there's certain things that kind of immediately come to mind when you say media, um, but the connotation of this sort of mass noun that Charles just described, this mass entity, this um, sort of existence of multiple things all contributing to this one behemoth uh, is something that really is only a, a really recent phenomenon. Right. And so society is, is there's not precedent when you look back at history to say how should media really interact with the rest of the aspects of society because it didn't exist ever in a similar form. This is completely unprecedented territory. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the use over time is an interesting thing that that Google does with specific words, it'll show you kind of dips and ebbs and flows of how popular a word is at a given time. And it, it did not really get used at all before 1950 and then shot up straight from 1950 through, through uh, present day. So I think that's an interesting thing to think about is that there's it is this um, a modern phenomenon that brings together in a completely unprecedented way things that have existed for a while.
3: Whether but it's what was the reason it why
0: it shot to just like not being used to this bigger than life than it become and what make media
1: media? Well, the interesting thing is, is that. Uh, And as George actually just mentioned, it gets back into the 1950s, right, in terms of when the word really started taking off. But media is actually meant to be a conglomerate, right? It's referred to as an industry, as basically this mass movement or or action Mm that's being placed on – Whereas prior to that, what you have is basically you had single actors. It wasn't viewed as, okay, well, you have this single entity who's basically influencing society. What you had is you had these individual actors who were doing that thing because the, the communication and the lanes of communication actually weren't as connected as they are today, especially today. Mm-hmm. But when you'd have in the past, you'd have like one paper in this particular country or in this particular city or in this particular uh, part of the world and, or one TV station or radio station, but they weren 't actually this this meld of, uh, of 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 an organization almost an ornament, actually the way that it 's viewed now and the way that I perceive it is almost as an organism it changes and evolves it's it um, it moves it creeps along with society um more so than actually just a thing it 's actually like something almost alive and back in the day that just simply wasn't the case you just simply had this you know you had an editor up you know doing his thing and you know and speaking his mind but it wasn't collective and i think because of the the fact that we have such uh consolidated ownership across all of these particular channels that you have this echo effect of basically just being everywhere and being so pervasive and then also being in lockstep with one another because at the end of the day you have basically six to eight people in charge of almost all media here in the States.
0: Get it. But what, what, where's the origin of the word come from? Well, I think Do that's that's
2: that's the thing that is interesting for me to think about in terms of we use the word very casually because it's just so so commonplace say, oh, yeah, the media said this or this is what's happening in the media. But to the definitions and, and background that, that Charles just mentioned, media being plural of medium is a method of something existing. It's the form through which something exists or is communicated. And so that, yes, it it does refer to journals and, and newspapers and TV stations and all of these things. Those are certainly forms of media, but really all of life, if you think about it, everything that you perceive, and this is something you said last week, Charles, that perception is reality, everything has to exist, has to have a medium in which to exist. Mm-hmm. And so it's an important word, even in just taking a step back and saying, look, the reality that you even exist in, that you perceive that you spend every day is comprised of media, media referring to a plural of medium, uh, is back to modern Latin is membrana tunica. It's Correct. basically it's, it's in that context. It's meaning that the middle sheath or a layer, and so it is, again, it goes to the idea of the thing that exists, the actual form of something, um, it, it, the way in which it exists in the world.
1: Yeah. It, it's actually derived from health care, actually medium back in the day or media is actually referred to blood vessels and kind of tissue inside the body is actually kind of where it was derived from. But again, you know, that's. No one refers to that in this day and age. So I think it's saying that it's kind of moved on from kind of its roots. And then now what it means is this, this thing that we're talking about today.
2: Yeah, no, and I think that that's the thing about the word media for me that having spent some time looking at it is that it is something whose meaning has changed so dramatically in a very short amount of time. Um, with society over the last 50 years. And so it's a little bit, honestly, disorienting because there's not like a common ground to go back to, okay, this is what it means. And that's a a place from which to understand its modern usage because the modern usage is is completely disconnected. And even just going back to, and and we can can go back to something we talked about last week, the importance of, uh, just to bring it to life, the importance of media in terms of understanding how you see and operate in the world, Take for example, the going to Google search to look up something to find where you're going to go to f- look up information, whatever it is, that is a form of media. That's, that's how you in- interact with the world in the way that the information about the world is conveyed to you is, is that media that makes it real. And if you, if you look up in Google, what is media? So for example, typing in media as the, and Google will be very, try to be very helpful and give you suggested uh, completions to your search. And it's interesting to me that, that I'll just read them to you. Typing that in, you get these suggestions from Google Media as the fourth branch of government, media as the fourth estate, mm-hmm. media as the fourth pillar of democracy, mm-hmm. media as the fourth estate of the realm, media as the message, media as the watchdog of society, <laughs>
4: okay.
2: media as extensions of ourselves. And that's, I mean, to even that's it's it's incredible because you think this thing in its modern form didn't even exist more than 50 ish years ago. And now it is being referred to or being consistently searched as the watchdog of society. So what does that even
1: mean? Or actually a, a literal form of a, a little branch of government. Now
0: we getting somewhere. Now we getting somewhere.
2: Yeah. And you talk about that form of media. That's exactly what we were talking about last week in terms of not just the conceptual erasure of Diana, uh, or Archie or Harry and Meghan, what they're trying to do, but practically how it comes to life in media. Because if you have all of these articles that they're putting out about the coronation on this date, uh, then when you go to, to Google, when you go to find out something about that data, when you look in the history books about what are the, the notable events of a given date, those are going to push down in the search results or push down out of the book. Uh, the other candidates that would have been mentioned for that date or would have come up as a result. So that's a practical
0: use of media as a means of erasure. Can you explain that a little bit much better? So when people having the discussion <clears throat> on how they're going to erase, you know, um, everything that's been saying, whether it's about Archie, whether it's about Princess Megan or whether it's uh, Princess Diana, because now we are in a digital age, right? So, it's not just like, you know, you print paper in and then you can go and do that research. Now, everybody goes to Google, everybody goes to the internet. And so, the information, how we receive and we sort of observe information, you know, is through digital, right? And so, when you have this cosplaying, all these things that are happening, how does that translate? with the algorithm how does that translate to media and how is that 20 years from now it is possible when you google you know diana or you google a certain thing and it's it's completely this woman which we still don't know anything about that comes out or it's um the wife of you know harry's brother do you understand what i mean i mean i think um one of the report that um baron did really a wonderful um job um couple weeks ago and it was about showing that you know what when you google um commonwealth right so what you see is coming up it's nothing else but the last event the attend which is megan and harry Right, it makes you wonder why. Number one, they let that happen because why they they not put it pushing anything because it was that bad on them. The reflection of it all was just so bad. Right, so when you Google, you can't find anything that much about them. You really have to look. The first thing that appears, so it would be something very similar.
2: That's exactly it. I think honestly, it's not for me anyway. The idea of a strategic use of new new media publications, for lack of a better word, whether it's online articles or social media posts or whatever it is, uh, a whole abundance a proliferation of that and, and the coordinated spread of that media ha- can have the same effect in today's world as what book burnings could have been like a couple hundred years ago because thank it's you. It, yes it's a digital world and as soon as something is out there and it exists it is going to almost certainly like 99.999% exist in perpetuity that is true it's not going to technically go anywhere but it, if if it is completely buried and inaccessible then it is as good as gone that's right and so it is the same it is the same thing thank you so the last thing i got the last thing i got for media is an interesting um uh, journal article. It's published in the Annual Review of Sociology uh, actually in 1992 uh, by Gamson, Croteau, Hoynes, and Sasson. Uh, it's titled, Media Images and the Social Construction of Reality. And so they write, uh, Ideally, a media system suitable for democracy ought to provide its readers with some coherent sense of, a, of the broader social forces that affect the conditions of their everyday lives. It is difficult to find anyone who would claim that media discourse in the United States even remotely approaches this ideal. I think that's probably safe to say that that's even more so the case now, 20 something, 30 something years later. Uh, And it's also not specific to just the U S it's most of the world, if not at least uh, most of the, the Western world. They go on to say the overwhelming conclusion is that the media generally operates in ways that promote apathy, cynicism, quiescence rather than active citizenship and participation. Furthermore, all of the trends seem to be in the wrong direction toward more and more messages from fewer and bigger producers saying less and less. (laughs) By now, the story is familiar. We walk around with media-generated images of the world. think about last week we were talking about the significance of of the image for ourselves. We walk around with media generated images of the world, using them to construct meaning about political and social issues. The lens through which we receive these images is not neutral voices, but it, it is evinces the power and point of view of the political and economic elites who operate and focus it. And the special genius of this system is to make the whole process seem so normal and natural that at the very art of that,
0: the very art of social construction is invisible. That's right. That's that. That's where I wanted to get at. What an incredible read! Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm curious to hear what what you both think. But for me, the
2: idea is builds very clearly on what we were talking about last week with what it, what is the power of images and and how this sort of subconscious communication and and influence that it exists on us, and to then say, okay, it's not just images, but it's the use of images by this force that didn't previously exist 50 years ago but now it does and has made this whole social construction the way we even perceive political and social issues it does all of that from not a neutral voice but from specifically the political and economic elite and it does it in a way that you don't even really notice that it's happening
0: yeah i mean you mean you could think I, i don't think i articulate that as well as i would have liked to last week but when you think of um times you think national geography you think of all these big moment in time, whether it's the assassination of Martin Luther King, the assassination of JFK, the Gandhi, you you started thinking about Mandela. All these pictures, all these image, all these things did something, whether it's Hurricane and how we sort of, I mean, we all we here and how we feel, how we empathize and sympathize, you know, with people. All that come from. The image the medium which we we see how we receive it, and that's why when you looked at media, at least for me, you know it's not something that's worth saving, something that great, but it's also something that in my opinion, that can be very dangerous on how its used, just because of that the power that exists into media,
1: yeah, I think that. I mean, it's it's absolutely true. I mean, I think people disregard or basically don't even think about um, how how impactful the images around them shape their reality. Because again, perception is reality. And so if all you have is this one opinion that's basically splashed around all in front of your face, eventually you're going to take that same opinion because that's what you know. You've just been convinced and brainwashed in effect of that's just what it is. But... I think going even further back, just to kind of um, maybe expand on your point a little bit, Lady Sussex, if you look at the history of media, mm-hmm. then you have to, then you start thinking about how it actually trapes through and then, okay, well, when did people actually start to realize the power and the influence that this may have? What um, kind of struck me is the fact that when this first started, when mass media really first started taking off in moving pictures and TV and film especially they wouldn't actually let black people or women participate
4: hmm.
1: they wouldn't do it only white men could do it they would play black men they would play black people just generally with blackface and then for women they would actually play women and women were not actually initially um even invited to, to, to play in these media or even to participate. And I think a lot of that happens to be the fact that they actually realized, um, how persuasive these things could be for people. Mm-hmm. And so in order to kind of construct and ensure that the opinion that they wanted to share and the imagery and the symbology of what they wanted to convey was pure to their idea that they wouldn't let people in. And so it's also, um, you know this isn't a new concept either. I think that people could kind of understand what was happening and how powerful it was to shape the people's opinion very, very early on. And so this has been um, mutated and engraved upon and improved upon this system of of being able to convey this these feelings and, and to shape society from a very, very early time.
2: It's interesting though to to that idea that it is um, theories about power and social organization and how do you structure society that they're not new to your to your point, Charles. And the people understand that the use of images, the way in which things are represented has meaning far beyond what it is in and of itself, but also just how people's perception of that image then influences what they believe. But what I do think is not known or not yet fully grasped today by anyone, honestly, is how much that power and that influence has been exponentially grown with the way that the media and technology landscape has evolved so, so dramatically over the last 30-ish years. Because media has always been a thing. People have always communicated one way or another. People have understood the power of images, the power of words but the, the place we find ourselves in right now uh, socially is completely unprecedented. And I don't think anyone really fully gives enough attention to the importance that media writ large has in just defining what it even means to live in
0: 2023. Do you think maybe in, in the question that you know we have right now, something it's actually broken in media? And when you think of what they've been tried to do to Harry to Princess Megan, and some may say that you know what hey it it worked a little bit, and of that they had to leave but in my opinion, it was done so bad, so callous, so malicious without not having a glimpse of true it backfired and you can see how it's continued backfiring on them because and i it must be really painful for them something that normally work like clockwork right they can destroy anybody they want at any time all they have to say is just you know Put it in a in, in front of the paper but now people are questioned so why do you guys feel like breaking that's making them or not as successful because right now to be honest i think in my opinion that you know what we are all here the Sussex. right we literally try to save our media because the bad work some of them specifically the uh tabloid media are doing to will media to will journalists the damage
1: well there's a lot to unpack so first you were saying that media is broken i don't know if you could actually say that it's broken it's in the process perhaps of breaking but it still works it's there you know you you don't have to look far to see it how media is still disrupting society and, and literally making people go against their own best interest. So, and it's here in the States just as well as it's true anywhere else. Well,
2: you could say that that in and of itself is broken. Well, the question it, is what is, what is whom? Exactly. <laughs> <Then> <laughs> so that's, that's it's it's working
1: perfectly as this intended to. So it's not broken at all. It's working exactly as they planned it to. I think what I'm so, mean- but what I'm saying is, is that what's changed is that the power to get out a, ma- a message to a lot of people at once is no longer in the sole right of the privileged YouTube, Twitter, what we're doing right now, you could have the Sussex squad is a perfect example of that, about how individuals can take it upon themselves, build an audience and actually communicate their own perspective on things that is not controlled by larger powers and moneyed interests. And so that has that is a new wrinkle that has not happened uh, heretofore. And so that's what they don't know necessarily how to contend with. And that's probably I mean, you know, there there's still a huge shakeup for what's happening there. You can look at TikTok and the fact that they're trying to ban TikTok. You can look at the fact that Elon Musk basically bought Twitter because he didn't like what's going on. There's a thousand different examples of what's trying to happen with Facebook and all these other different platforms of how they're actually trying to shape and cajole them into and wrestle them down into something that can be controlled. And so again, there's there, it's an evolution. And so what we are doing, and I think what we're all trying to do is that we're trying to evolve with the times in order to make it better for ourselves. And I think that's what the show is trying to do is that we're trying to actually put out just better things. And, and not necessarily just be beholden to these moneyed interests that basically are trying to brainwash people. So I think that's kind of how the the, the landscape is shaping. And I don't think any of us have any idea how it's going to end up. But I think that um, we all have to be really careful. I mean, there's a reason why they call it the fourth estate, because it's the only thing to check power. That's their literally their sole job was to be the voice of the people in order to control the people of power well, and that's then now what was- all of a sudden it's basically purchased in and, and acquired by these people of power in order to kind of basically pursue their own agendas so
0: well that's well that's my point here this is what i was trying to say what is working because the attempt or what they were supposed to be and should be you know the question is: is it our responsibility to actually be doing the work that you know we are doing You know, how should we look at it when these people that were, you know, up to that point doing an incredible job and still is, there's so many amazing, you know, journalists that's out there that is doing hard work, that's doing really good work. But unfortunately for us, as it's always been very often that, you know, there's a small group, mess up things for all others, because then people feel like, well, the only way to be heard, the only way to be a part of, then we must be doing the same thing because we're not getting acknowledged. So to me, this is what's broken. The, the power in that could make journalists not being there, not being present for a moment in time like this. What we are about to experience that hasn't happened in 70 years, and we have no idea what's going on. And the things that they are feeding us just not making any sense, is not preparing us for the future. There's a problem. We are 28 days to a king coronation that was turning into a queen coronation. And nobody is talking about it in a sense that to make us understand what it actually meant. This is going to be one of the most powerful men and women of the Great Britain. Full with history. And the stuff that we are hearing, not hearing, it's totally nonsense. That we cannot particularly have like a, a conversation to really truly say, oh, this is, this, is what, this is what this is. All the going up seems to left the room.
2: Well, to answer your, your question, and I agree with you completely, and I think you're exactly right, is it is broken. It is a huge problem for all of us, not just the few it is a huge problem for all of us, and I think that is. I'm going to save most of my answer until we get into the next two words, because I think it's it's partly based on the real significance of the next two words we're going to go through. But I think this these authors hit on it in this the media images and the social construction of reality when they write that the right now the media is promoting this sort of apathy and cynicism and quiescence. Uh, and the solution, fixing the problem that has been created by the media itself, to, to fix the media, we now need to go back to the opposite of that. We need to go back to being active citizens and, and really participating in society and taking ownership of it ourselves.
0: Wow. I think we could stay on that word and continue all day, but we must move on. Um, we'll move on to reckless now. So, Charles, how should we view and see and understand the word reckless. Sure. Well, it's actually,
1: um, there's two ways to view it. One first is the noun. So it was actually first used in the 12th century and hasn't actually changed since, which is actually pretty rare. So it's literally as it was, as it came out, it's basically the same exact. So it's marked by a, a lack of proper caution. Mm-hmm. Careless of the consequences or irresponsible.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So, which I think is actually kind of interesting, the fact that those, like, that understanding has not changed at all. <laughs> because oftentimes things do kind of move and change and right. and, and, and evolve, but that's dead on. But uh, what's interesting actually is the adjective of that, which is characterized by a creation of a substantial and unjustifiable risk to lives, safety, or rights of others. And by a conscious and sometimes wanton and willful disregard for or an indifference to that risk, that is a gross deviation from the standard of care for a reasonable person would exercise in those like circumstances. Wow. And I think that's actually really interesting.
2: Very interesting. It's super interesting. Before I add anything from what we looked into, I want to do a bonus comment because it just so perfectly encapsulates the idea of reckless and, and the multiple layers in which that recklessness sort of happens to our one of our favorites, Dolores Sims.
0: Yes, Dolores.
2: Who wrote, How in the world can a adulterer and adulteress be the head of the church and none of the British people are questioning this? Two of the biggest sinners rain down hatred on Meghan and Harry corruption is what's going to bring down the monarchy and she quotes ecclesiastes eight uh, chapter eight verse nine man has dominated man to his injury show us why corruption persists that statement aptly described the human history of rulership it has been responsible for untold suffering and misery in all ages well-intentioned people who have tried to establish a more just society were constantly foiled by greed and corruption
0: thank you so much all right on point I
2: think that is – that is, it gets to the idea of recklessness. And I think part of what struck me about it is it is so based, as, as Charles was just mentioning, on your mindset of it is not simply um, an act, but it is the act with a, in a given frame of mind. It is the disregard, it is a conscious or intentional uh, deliberation and, and, and disregard for caution or prudence or whatever it may be. Um, the thing that also really struck me is, is potentially something that all of the journalists and the Royal family and everyone should be paying attention to is that the word reckless specifically has connotations and a lot of application in present day, uh, as relates to criminal proceedings and the courts, Mm -hmm. because that is what makes, uh, the, when you try to understand the guilt or the culpability of someone's actions, it is getting too their mindset is getting to how they were actually thinking about it with what they did. Was it on purpose? Was it deliberate? Was it that they knew the risk and that they they chose to disregard it? Um, And I think that is the state of where we are
1: today. Yeah. It's classified as the willful disregard.
0: For me, is that reckless the way I looked at this word um, for all his meeting is the way the media choose to ignore the significant of today the fact that you know what to not be giving enough light to what's actually really happening on the street what is actually happening in england the brexit factor of it all the effect of brexit the suffrage, the sort of I mean we're talking about the water, some of it people it's not it's not safe to even go and just enjoy the idea that you know what we are now having a king that is going to be the head of the church, and we know what he has seen before. Even certain part of it that I kind of agree with, but I still want to know, how are you going to lead the church? Right? And I also wanted to know this country, those those subjects of yours, how are you going to view them now that is different than the previous monarch, your mother? What is it that you know what you wanted to do that you couldn't do now you presently can? There is question here. Your your country that you're about to rule over, it's not in a good shape. And the press, that is their job. That is their job. So for me, to fail to do that, when all we can talk about, it's, you know, Princess Megan. Yeah, I think
2: that it's, it's exactly, it's exactly right, and I think it also goes back to what you were talking about uh, when we, in the in the last word, is that there's a recklessness right now. The one, it's not oh, the media is reckless at large because the media is this thing that's not even defined. It's a this multitude of different things. The fact is that each and every person. It's a thing. It is something that is done by humans making decision, individuals, both ownership, middle management, as well as each and each and every talking head or writer or editor that is allowing those things to get put out, and that be what they're focusing on. Each and every one of them is being reckless by contributing to that and being complicit in that. And it's also that the recklessness is that they're not, they're not never never mind not caring for Harry and Meghan's safety. That's. Even just set that on the side. They're not even thinking about the implications of their decisions on the monarchy, the country, society, or even themselves. I mean, to your point, what you had said before, it is damaging to those who are trying to be good journalists, those media companies who are trying to do good work, because right now they are grouped in is this term media. They're all referred to as the same part of the same organism, as Charles had said, and it's it's damaging itself. It is broken and de- destroying its own self.
1: That's right. Well, I think we have to start looking at them in in distinct ways, just for ourselves to understand how we need to think about what we want to do. By large swaths, most of media is actually not what it was intended to be. Most is just glorified PR campaigns or PR institutions organizations for moneyed interests. That's just what it is. I completely agree with George's assessment that all of them who participate in that are complicit and they are all being reckless because they're obviously driven by the needs of the few, um, and trying to persuade and many times go against the interests of the many. So I think this has broad and dangerous consequences for all of society. Globally, I don't think you could overestimate how much of a problem this is. It is is truly life-threatening. But at the same point as you have those PR institutions, you also have the righteous, the people who are actually trying to do the good work. And while we have to make sure that we identify who are who's in A and who's in B. I think while we try and understand kind of what we need to do in order to kind of uh, bring light to these bad actors, I think we also need to spend time saying, okay, well, who's the right people too? Because we have to uplift those who are actually trying to do the right thing as well as basically make sure that we kind of point out the, the wrongs that are being done against us at the same time. So I think we just need to be very careful about how we label them ourselves to make sure that um the brush doesn't actually go ahead and paint the entire category because the entire category there are some like truth fighters out there they just there are but it takes a lot to find them okay
0: okay i mean as a girl that grew up you know sort of hearing my mother i was not even allowed to even watch tv you know like tv was a thing that you know i have one month that I was not in school during the summer, that I was allowed to watch TV. And it was three programs that I was allowed to do. One was Western. The other one was, um, cartoon. And I think it was, you know, my favorite cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Scooby-Doo. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Oh my God. Um, it was actually, believe it or not, it was Tom and Jerry. Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. But anyway, so I had Tom and Jerry. And then I also, I think the third one was something about uh, summering. So those were my three things. And I was allowed to go to movies one time. Because before you know it, it's like it's like four weeks, right? And it was over for me. And then I'm back in school again. So, but what my mother did, encouraged me to, is to read papers, specifically local papers, local journals. And that meant a lot to me. I feel like that informed me in a way that probably why I find myself where I am today almost feel like I'm fighting not just for the truth, for those people who actually doing a work that is essential to our lives but not particularly well rewarded for it and that even the big medium depend on those people that was out there doing the work right and so When you looked at this moment in time, we were looking at this woman that's about to become queen as was printed in the invitation and her children. It's gonna be a big part. Not that would been a problem if we, if you know, if it wasn't just the tradition with the tradition. But it's the fact that there's so much is being changes after what we've been through, with, you know, my God, making wear, you know, black uh, uh, um, polish or. Megan, um, what Megan want Megan get and what, uh, you know, sort of how Megan wanted the church to smell like or what, uh, you know, tiara, you know, all these things that, you know, they were making us feel like, you know, that was happening when really. It wasn't true. A lot of it, it it they just manufactured all these things. And now we're having these bubblegum things, like you know, oh, how this woman somehow deserved to be where she's at. Maybe she is. Maybe she's not. But I still want to know about her. I want to know who she is. How did she get there? You know, sort of. You know. You know. Yes, we 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 know that you know she's been around for fifty years. She's been sort of, you know what, destroying anything in her path to get to where she's at, you know, and I'm quoting, you know, um not quoting, but paraphrase, you know, um, um Harry. You know what I mean? It's like you know, she is actually she did a lot to get where she's at. And I still don't know what that is is it something that inspire is it something that can inspire other people is it something that you know we should look at her and and define her to something special or not i want to know i want to know who is this woman that have rise to that kind of power enough to now make the windsor look like they didn't have the thousand years of history that they supposedly have carried on their back. I want to know who is that woman that able to achieve that kind of power that Princess Diana couldn't. I want to know who is this woman who now taking center stage where you almost forgot that you know our child is a part of this. And that is the job of the media. Whether we like this woman or not, there is people is gonna like you, there's people that is it's it's not going to like you. Obviously she's here. But let's think of history here. Let's asking the question. There is something at play here. What is going on
2: for them to not be asking the question? The me- for them to not be doing the the media uh, to be looking into her. That is reckless. And as both you have said just now, and as as Dolores said in her comment, the for people to not be then saying those same questions that haven't been answered to asking them and demanding them and wanting to to, to push the media to go and actually find it out it's it, for people to not do that is also reckless it's it's it is a responsibility of everyone to realize this is a significant position of power that these people are about to be fully uh, realized into and that has impact on everyone's lives
0: but is it the people that it was not all the media not allowing the people to actually voice how they feel. Because I think it's important that, you know, we play this clip from Jeremy Vine. Tony and Swansea,
4: hi. Hi, how hey, are you? So, so, are you happy with Queen Camilla? Not at all happy with it at all. She's an adulteress.
3: And uh, wow. they, they had sex during, during Charles' marriage to, with Diana um they had it afterwards um he's the governor of the church of england and should have more respect for us the last president he says in the bible the flesh is weak well i i can't i can't have respect for her i mean i, I just think of her as, uh, as as the king's wife and i think that's a sufficient t- title in fact the king's second wife and like one of your previous callers said i'm very aware of the way in which diana was pushed to the side And died, and that's what I think of. And the two of them should really be ashamed of themselves. Charlie has always tried to say that he wants his new wife to be a queen, but I think nearly everybody I know disagrees with it. I don't know anyone in this area. Uh, Well,
4: all the callers have said what you said, Tony. Thank you very much. So, gosh, that's the whole sequence of people saying, uh, you know, I almost hope Camilla's not watching. Uh, We're going to move on now
0: after the big storm. How quickly. He said, i oh, got to go. I hope that she's not listening. Really?
2: Saying the quiet part out loud again.
0: Really? We hope that she's not listening? So my question is, is it because, again, if they are controlling everything, they're controlling who's in, who's out, who get to speak, who get to make statements, where are the professionals where where, where are all the people that you know we need actually really to hear for to to inform us where are the historians
2: you know that's i think that that is the exact right question and there's a really interesting book review by the book review is by david sheriff the book itself is uh reckless opportunists uh elites at the end of the establishment and we'll put the details, the author, the title, everything in the, in the show notes for you all. But this book review of the book uh, is super interesting. And it's actually specifically about Britain today. <clears throat> so he writes, Aaron Davis, who's the author, is a professor of political communication at the University of London. He finds very little uh, residual good in the top layer who, by and large, continue to govern Britain. Among them are politicians, corporate executives civil servants, bankers, journalists, and intermediary professionals, lawyers, accountants, and lobbyists. Whereas in the good old days, the majority of these people seemed motivated by a sense of responsibility, even self-sacrifice, for the public good, now their chief drivers appear to be personal enrichment, individualism, enlightened self-interest, and a reverence for the wealth creators. They tell lies to others and even to themselves about their goals and achievements. And he goes on, he says, somehow the checks and balances which used to keep such people honest have broken down. Mr. Davis lays a large part of the blame on the changing role of the media. The elite don't choose to communicate through their boards or parliament anymore. They prefer to spoon feed their latest piece of strategy to the media, either by means of their spin doctors or in one to one interviews with a tame, quote unquote, tame journalist. They deliberately set traps for the journalists, is that. If he gets too close to a subject uh, he can't remain objective. Um, and it ends up being a double edged sword because if the reporter stays too far away, then they can't, they, they forego the option of close observation.
1: Here we go. Here we go. Nope. I think that's exactly right. And it's difficult as, as I was mentioning before, it's, it's everyone's responsibility to hold those in power accountable. And that includes the media, and they actually may have the biggest power at this point because they shape opinion and opinion basically shapes votes. So I think that's why we have to just be so careful in terms of what we allow these people to have and how, how much we take them at their word of what they say. I think, you know, the, the what lady Sussex mentioned earlier about doing your own research. I think you also have to be very careful with that too. I think you have to know how to do your own research. I have a, like a lot of people who basically thought that COVID was a hoax did their own research. They just have no idea what they're doing. So doing their own research was basically on Facebook and listening to an echo chamber that was telling them that it was bad for you because they didn't actually know how to do the right thing. They didn't know how to validate sources. They didn't know what a proper source was. So I think, you know, it's up to us to actually help teach people, you know, how to actually be responsible consumers of news and media.
0: When when you say us, I don't want people to misunderstand because we are not professional. We we, we didn't. This is nothing. I think what you think about the professional, the, the well-trained people that are trained for that, because for us, you know, sort of giving that, you know, the, the luxury of 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 high learning and, and the fact that you know we sort of you know um able to look at different source and come with an opinion i don't even know whether we we ourselves getting the right information you know what i mean so i that's what it would have been very interesting to be able to have someone who all their life trained for things like that to be able to speak to us because I feel like you know we find ourselves in a situation. The people that's supposed to be inform us, the people that were supposed to be in charge of you know sort of check and balance, it's kind of failing us at the moment. So it it it's it almost feels like yeah now yes it is up to us to actually doing the work that you know we are doing. But how do we do it? how do we do it how do we inform the next generation you know with the truth it's
2: it's it's actually really interesting the the way that the two of you have just put that and i think i think you're you're both right um and where my head actually went is the question that harry asked which i think we should probably just keep repeating again and again because it is that important and it should be even clearer It, it is at least for us more clear that how important it is after today's discussion of these words is okay fine the media is there to police politicians and governments and entities of power but who's there to police the media and the media is literally literally in the 21st century is everything because it is providing a constant barrage of images through which we understand how to even give meaning to what's happening in our lives and i think to your point lady sussex we are we here sitting in this room doing this service are not the experts and we don't have the answers, but maybe that's all I'm going out on a limb here, but maybe that's also part of the point. Maybe that's part of the solution for everybody is the recognition that there is not a single source of truth and that things need to be questioned, that you need to actually stop and say, does that make sense? Why is it being phrased that way? Why is it being portrayed that way? To go out and do research. And even if we're completely wrong right here, maybe at the very least that helps contribute to a conversation or spark an idea that helped uncover something of value, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not so much as here's the final destination of the answer, but here's the process by which we can begin to uncouple
0: ourselves from this reality created by. I also think that, you know what, maybe perhaps what we're not doing enough, it's really truly supporting the network or the people, not that we are looking to sort of, you know, we just want them to do the work. I mean, you know, not being in a position where they become the news, right? But to report the news, we understand that, you know what, hey, we're not always going to be happy with everything that's been saying, but we want it to be fair. We want it to be able to almost like, you know what, lead us in like, okay, read between the lines, so to speak. At least for me, when I looked at a giant, uh, an amazing of New York Times, the incredible, I mean, those people, I want to see more of New York Times. I, I really, really, and I know they have done incredible job and they are busy doing like good job. And I don't want them to find themselves in a situation have to be competing with tabloid media. I don't want to see my MSNBC or, or, or Channel 4, Channel 2, or, or sort of, I don't want to see this network find themselves to be looked at as tabloid. I have a problem with that. I think we need to really look at whether it's the mail on Sunday, whether it's looking at the telegram that was supposed to be a very sophisticated paper to look at the sun, to look at and ask ourselves in these people, this is where everyone get the news and they get like, like they are so powerful. Okay. And so how do we have a conversation and let these people understand that, you know, enough. enough with what they're doing. How, how how do we speak to them? Because for me, I am looking at this incredible piece of news that the Guardian it's done. Right? In some ways, it's what we've been screaming for we need We want, we want them to talk about, we want to highlight that we, we want questions. We, we want to know what is happening. And they, they just come out with this banger, so to speak. And yet I couldn't even celebrate that. I couldn't even get myself to even find the question because the first thing that come out, why now? Some said, well, you know it's 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 a good time, and sort of you know what things you know um you know it, it's it, it's it's all in good plan, but the way I am looking at it, I'm very skeptical, not that I don't believe on what they say, because I think we all know what was printing in there. it's just problematic, and it's it's been going on right in our face, and I have no reason to not believe you know the report." But it's almost, it feels like each time they print something and not just the guardian specifically, but I'm talking about overall, it seems to always come when something else is happening. For an example, people seems to start it realizing after the invitation, this woman really going to be queen. She wants to be called queen, the queen. Up to that point, it was a speculation. It was maybe or whatever. Maybe, maybe the squads are crazy. Maybe they just, it, it's just coming from them. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. Now it's real, it's on paper. And I soon people started asking question about this woman. Then we have this report and it's almost for me, in my opinion, it's only my opinion. I don't know that to be true. My own opinion feels like there's a power move here, there's a power at play here that either one, to silent people for not really sort of get too much into this woman, or two, is that because it seems like all there's an infighting, what it feels like between the court, it's somebody it's just exercising the power to say okay let me show you what we can do to you because there was some stuff that was missing for me in the report it was just like you know what we put it there but i needed it more question i needed more investigation i needed okay if you're going to put that out there then we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it somebody's going to have to answer to this article, it was left, right, one after another. Well, this is a conversation. Where are the stations? Where are the morning show with that? Where, where, where is the? Because again, usually, most of these network follow what's in the paper. So let's have let's have this discussion. If you're going to put it out there then let's talk about it we we want to know so now it's making me question this incredible piece of work what was the intention behind this am i wrong to see it that way sussex coordination or charles and george here am i wrong to look at it with that skepticism that skeptical eyes even though this was an incredible and an impactful of piece of news,
2: I think you're. I think it's exactly right, and I think there's a proven track record of that idea of when there's something problematic that um, entities of power, for lack of a better phrase, want the public to not focus on, they will give them something else to focus on. <clears throat> so I think that's exactly. That's exactly right, and it's a fair speculation about the, the motive, potential motives behind the timing of it. And I think the other thing that struck me as interesting about it is just tying it to this overarching question that we've been asking is the difference in the treatment for Charles and Camilla by the media. And where does it leave each of them in terms of their reputations and how they are perceived uh, because it's very different it's clearly focused on him it's focused on uh and focused in a way that leaves
0: him looking significantly worse and doesn't really have an impact on her absolutely absolutely because again, if you are supposedly looking at these two couple as bunny and ty right, and so how is that one? It's been affected greatly by all the reports. It's not like there's nothing to talk about this woman. According to them, that you know, she's now supposedly the most, the hardest working royal.
2: I'm what not saying that. <laughs> this is what
0: they're saying. That's what they want people to believe. Yeah. Okay, and she's supposedly the biggest advocate for women abuse women in in some other organization. But okay, let's give her that. Well, I want to talk to her. I want to know more. I want to know what is the plan? What is it that you can do with that platform to highlight women that you know is being abused? And how did you feel when you were viewed as the third person in the marriage? When you see the kind of abuse that our late princess was enduring and which you are a part of? I, I want to ask that question. She says she can handle it. She says she can handle it. She said, you know, she, she gets strong and you thinks whatever the case is. Why is it that, you know what, every time... There's a few pieces of information of interview of this woman. It's always aware. Why is it aware? This is a woman that, you know, you guys call your queen now. You guys are calling her a queen. Okay, let's go with that. Okay, pass. Queen consult. Always considering being a queen. I get it. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. By marriage, by default, she's a queen now. But this is not what they tell us. They tell us that, you know what? she was going to be queen consort and no, a princess consort and that moved to queen consort supposedly by the queen her late majesty to now the queen what was the reason what was the need Why was all these changes Why was it not good enough for her? I want to know. Who made those decisions? Because the last I know. Almost every single day. They're going after Harry and Meghan. About everything. Even though they're not even. they, They literally. I love the country. A lot longer than she was in. And yet. They at this woman. Every single day. And you guys have nothing. To talk about this queen of yours that's about to coordinate it that is changing everything really she's the hardest working royal really to me there is a takeover here that i play that is in play that i don't really quite understand it is my opinion and it's still not making any sense. When you looked at the report, you looked at what been saying. How is being saying? Is there is to me, is it fair to get to a place to ask the question is the you have the aristocrats and you have the rich the nouveau rich? Is the nouveau rich Getting ready to change the game. Now to become they are the other royals. Is the nouveau rich is now realizing the power that's been held by the monarchy and the money. They want a part of that. They don't want to address the association. Now they want to be the power. They want to be the one that was in control. They want to be, they want to change the game. Is that what I'm saying? Is it fair to ask that question? Am I, am I, am I just losing it? So, sex please, you know. I mean, just correct me because maybe I just went to the deep end. But there's something that I'm not understanding. The level of protection this woman having in the media for what reason or another. And the thing that she's allowed to get away with and how everything is changing and nobody seems to care cannot be happening just because they love her beautiful figure that cannot be the case
1: well to me i think that by and large people have conflated wealth and power and one doesn't necessarily big at the other. I think uh, the Game of Thrones had a great analogy just in terms of what the difference between wealth and power was. If you remember, I don't know if anyone's actually watched the Game of Thrones, but they had a scene where you basically had this gentleman who was coming up and he was a very wealthy merchant and talking to the queen and saying okay well money is power and she said no power is power she says this is what i mean go kill that man and immediately they the the guards went over was about to stab this man it's like this is power money has nothing to do with it and that's the difference between those two things who actually controls people who actually gets to make the rules versus the the rich basically just have money so it's interesting about how those lines are are now being um now being blurred i think and that people are looking to kind of emulate up to these people um and i think that you know to your point you know are they the new monarchs i mean at the end of the day they move the people right that was the the that was the the uh the monarch's job in the past is basically to inspire his subjects so that's um that's just where it is and
0: that's just what the 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 media is is doing these days and for me is that you know yes this woman probably have some brilliance that lead her to where she's at but she certainly didn't get there by herself and right now i'm not so sure that you know without whoever that's benefiting from her being in power that she would have been able to get away with as much as she has been able to get away with if you know what i mean And when you look at what is at stake here, whether we choose to see it or not, or, or not really deep dive into it because we don't understand, why would the media, the tabloid media I'm talking about, risk it all? When you're looking at their poll, where you're looking at, you know, sort of not caring to actually dress spread nonsense or some could say lies or just just not care at all what we have to say or anybody has to say and just just that it's like bluntly and the people they they put forward to discuss those nonsense right why would they want to risk that if there was nothing and for them. and if you looked at how the presenting, you know, our queen, whose queen is she? Because you can't say to the people, this is our new queen, because you did tell all the people that she was going to be a princess consult to a consult. And then now all of a sudden that you are queen, like there's no way you are speaking for the people now. So I'm trying to see, where are we? I know in the past of history, there's always a fight for, you know, for Great Britain. You know, between different houses. That's why we have so many different houses. You know what I mean? You know, where the whether where different places and everything fighting for that. You know, I mean, are we... Are we hear now is is that what we are seeing but in a different form now oh my goodness we should move to our last word of the day symbol charles how should we look at symbols sure so
1: first of all it's as a noun uh, it was first used in the 15th century and is from the uh late latin symbolium And from the late Greek literally means a token of identity verified by comparing its other half. So that's actually really interesting itself. So the first is an authoritative summary of faith or doctrine. Hmm. That's the symbol. The second, something that stands for or suggests something else by reason of relationship, association, convention, or accidental re- uh, resemblance especially a visible sign of something invisible and next is an object or act representing something in an unconscious mind that has been repressed and then finally an act sound or object having cultural significance and the capacity to excite or objectify a response
4: mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: K, go for it
2: I, I gotta say this is of of all the words we've done recently there's been a few that have been really exciting and this is up there at the top <clears throat> i think it's really really important this word and, and really interesting um and i think there's a there's two two or three things and then i know we have some some conversation about specifically the use of symbols by the royal family over the past week that we'll get into but before that um The first comments to add are from uh, Michael Waltzer of Harvard University who wrote uh, the article on the role of symbolism in political thought uh, for the Political Science Quarterly in 1967. So Michael wrote that politics is an art of unification. From many, it makes one. And symbolic activity is perhaps our most important means of bringing things together, both intellectually and emotionally thus overcoming isolation and even individuality. Whether verbal or iconographic, writes William York Tindalli, the religious symbol and the political two can unite man with man and man with something greater than he, society, or God. In a sense, the union of men can only be symbolized. It has no palpable shape or substance. The state is invisible; it must be personified before it can be seen, symbolized before it can be loved, and imagined before it can be conceived. Wow! And so that idea that you had just wow. been saying, Charles, about this—how uh, it, it functions to objectify an emotion or, or a response—the it is so—it cru- is at the heart of how so much of. Society is structured our use of symbols and how we personify things that otherwise can't be seen and visualized and how we
0: can then relate to them. I mean, the first thing that jumped at me, it's the invitation that is, seems to be laughed at some media (laughs) at the spring and, and daffodil and, and, and and I'm like, really, we're not going to talk about the green man that is, front and center
2: oh we're going to talk about the green man we
0: oh, are uh, really? <laughs> we are not going to address the queen part up to this point that you know we thought that it's something that may or may not happen after the coronation but this is how we're going to presenting it and an invitation that's full of symbols and i started thinking that kind of symbols that kind of what the green man representing if they are going to go with that should i now question what switzerland the street and some people have questioned about what looks to be a sign that Miss Kamala Bowles had made, not made, you know, what, you know, in in, 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 in Germany, Germany. appear to be. It could have been very sort of maybe just innocent, just her hand was cold. But some have seen they don't believe that is the case. If they are going with that kind of symbolism to be front and center in the invitation, should we now look a little bit deeper? Because obviously, it matters to them. Obviously, that kind of symbol representing something for them. So, should we now question about that?
2: I think we have to, and I think we have to. We have to do. We have to do it in parallel paths. We have to do one, actually understand what is that particular symbol, but also to the reason why we structured the service the way that we have to still go even deeper into what does it mean to be a symbol? What is, how does a symbol even function uh, in, in society? And for that, I have to say the, the article of all, like this word is at the top of the list. The, the, the journal article that uh, for it is probably the, the one that I think best articulates some of the things that the, the three of us here believe and, and really some of the reasons behind why we are doing this service the way that we are. And so it's a little bit long. Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> um, it's called Review of Symbols and Power. Uh, and it's actually all the way back in 1948. And that in and of itself is going to be interesting context to think about. If this is what it, they were thinking about and, and considering things, then how much more... Uh, 70 years later. And so it's actually uh, a review of the work uh, that I'm going to read from. And it it was published in The Linguistic Revolution and Social Change by M.M. Lewis. And the review is by Francis Chisholm.
0: So, and I gotta say, I'm really, really excited.
2: (laughs) I know, I know, because
0: it's a masterpiece.
2: It is is really, really well written. So uh, the main thesis is that this century is seeing the rapid progress of a linguistic revolution following the political and economic revolutions of its predecessors. With the worldwide instantaneous transmission of speech and writing, language takes on new functions in culture and becomes both primary agency and primary index of social change. Mm -hmm. Lewis, the author, first demonstrates that education for literacy, printing machines, telegraphic transmission, etc., followed by the impact of what he calls speech machines, have worked together to prepare in our time revolutionary new conditions for politics, industry, war, social integration, and other problems, as well as for individual growth and education. In politics, for example, the quote-unquote common man can and does have quote-unquote opinions, a condition of affairs which, Lewis reminds us, would be incomprehensible to Plato or even to Dr. Johnson. Like Lenin, Ortega, and Spengler, he recognizes this fact as symptom of a revolutionary change in human society. And this is where it gets really important and and ties back to everything we've been talking about, especially for the past week and a half. Politics becomes the art of supplying and controlling these opinions, and at first glance, it seems that leadership and control of power are a matter of controlling the dissemination of words. However... Lewis adds, when all men are within the circle of communication, press and radio, while making men more open to control by those who command the sources of power, at the same time provides the readers and listeners with the munitions of resistance to control. And so for your question from before about like, what do we do? How do we, how do we handle this situation that we find ourselves in? It's interesting because the exact dynamic that has created the problem that we have today in some ways also provides at least part of the solution because Look exactly, just case in point, look at what Barron has done. The community has created the way he is able to speak up for the truth. That, that same technological and cultural revolution, it has, as Lewis puts it, provided the munitions of resistance to control.
1: No, well, I mean, I think it's what we've been saying this entire time. I think it just clarifies and I think puts a pretty fine point on the power and the importance behind words. Of what we're actually doing and why we are bothering with the definitions in the first place, but then also the control of those words, and then its um, its impact on society writ large, and then how it's in some cases even supplanted traditional methods of 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 society of how to uh, actively manage and govern society.
0: When you when you think, when you even though for me, I think we've been saying here about. Queen Consort, she wants to be called Queen. It's almost like deeply, I feel like maybe they were just playing with us. And the moment that I actually saw that being printed in the invitation, there was something, there was a feeling behind it. I don't know if I can describe that feeling. There was there was like, you can see the power in the words. You can see the manipulation of the words. You can see almost the effect of the word, what that can be to people and it's almost the same place i find myself when i first hear them calling her majesty i'm not the biggest or was the biggest fan of the last monarch i just feel like as a woman yes yay you know 70 years on the throne but For what she stands for. Who she was. Or not. That I don't know about. And the thing that has been done. On her name. Like. Left me in a way. That I can't really. Like. I cannot say. I support women. Like that. But what come to realization maybe i'm not articulating it well that she had on that majesty thing so to speak right it's like your custom or you you're hearing it being saying and you you come to accept it you accept the word what it means what it stands for the power behind it you get it you get it you know sort of the sacrifice that she have given so you, you respect that, but all of a sudden that you know what, a woman, and not to say that she could have not been, but had this woman, have portrait or how she got here, on that title, if you to believe what was saying, one of the reasons why most Monarch, they go after a married woman, Is the idea that you know what you have a lot more to lose than they do. But this is how she got here, right? And now to Majesty, there is something just was not settling for me. And I feel like I find myself the same place with The queen, there is something to me. I I don't know if I'm articulating it that well. Maybe it's perhaps that, you know what? I looked at queen and kings, you know, like we're looking at our president, right? The power that comes with that kind of name and this thing. So which means you're going to have a lot of power. You're going to be able to make decisions because obviously you make enough Good, good or bad decision to get to where you are, right? So this going to impact people going to feel that for years to come. It changed the game, and not being able to understand the meaning of it, what it means for us now, I have a problem with that as you could see, I cannot find the way the best way to articulate my emotion, my feeling on what does that mean? How we can quickly jump from, you know, sort of, you know, princess consult to like, it, it was so fast and so quick. And to now I present to you our queen.
2: I think um, that's, I think that, I know. I think that, that you just struck the exact, the exact point of it. Right. And is what we are talking about with the, the words and the, and uh the how the combination of media and the fact that they're acting reckless uh, with their decisions that they're making and their use of symbols is that they are presenting to people the social images through which they understand their reality. And to the disorientation that you're specifically speaking to, this woman went from being presented with an image of princess consort to queen consort to queen in extremely short order without really any rational justification or explanation or background no. or context for anyone to no. be grounded in why. No. And so I think that what you're saying is exactly, it's exactly on point and, and that's the, that's the insidious part of the way the whole thing works is that it is, unless you're stopping and thinking about it and paying attention, that it's something that can just go unnoticed. Yeah.
1: Charles. Yeah. I mean, when you were saying that the thing that just kind of brought to mind is, um, you know, respect is the word that just kept on popping into my head at the end of the day, you know, these titles have meaning behind them. Like there's a reason why they are who they say they are. There's, there's history behind it. There's a reason why they are who they are. It's not just necessarily the power, but it's also just, um, the significance. Like there's a lot of weight of history behind what actually makes these people who they are, um, and to your point, like she doesn't have any of it. Like she didn't. She she brought none of that uh, reverence that these other people basically, you know, could borrow from just their, their 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 ancestors. So I think it makes and the way in which she did it as well. It's not like she came in and she worked hard and you know she tried to be better for society and for. You know, the person that she was, uh, you know, be a better person, um, for her kingdom on and her subjects, what she was, what she did is she basically came in and she was an adulteress and basically broke up a marriage is what she did. And so there's not a foundation where you could look at it and be like, okay, well, look, I understand and respect kind of the position that you came in. And then therefore I think that you're worthy of this role. It's not, I mean, there's a pretty, there's a pretty stark line between how she entered and then basically where she is. And so I think you just can't really rectify those two different,
0: those two different narratives in your head. Well, you're right. And so for us to have this. Person. That you are now calling your queen. And in not being able to explain to us really how we got here. I don't think just saying that, you know, oh, she had like a bad time. She had a couple bad press, you know, somehow justify why she's here. And so now she's invoked. Now she's she's literally, they are trying very hard. They are making a statement. So please George continue with with with, with that beautiful piece. That's you, please. Well that yes, so there is
2: a final um bit from that uh, article that I think just goes to the heart of of why we're doing this. And in and, and again it's really the the mechanism of how is society structured and what do we need to do about it. <laughs> Um, because what he says, Lewis brings out the many ways in which kind of social linguistics and symbolic communication that they train, it trains people to think and behave together in a pattern. And at the end of the day, he ends his book apparently by saying, well, what do we do about that? How do we, how do we make it so that this symbolic communication is something that is used for creation rather than destruction? And the reviewer takes issue with the fact that he ended with the question and, and offers his own answer, which I think most of us will reckon, recognize at least and, and potentially agree with. And that the problem that we face today is that, at least one of the problems we face today, is that there is this failure in, in education for fostering in people a scientific attitude toward language. And that to actually take an approach, uh, a, a critical analytical approach of the words and the symbols that are used to construct the society through which we, uh, through which we live and, and exist in society, that that critical analysis is something that is important to making sure that those patterns and that use of symbols is something that's actually good for society rather than destructive. Is that all? <laughs> that's it. I told you it was a, it was a long one, but I, I enjoyed it. That's it. I do have one closing thought. I I think it summarizes it again, the the media telling on itself. If everyone noticed, I think it's in, it was on talk shows and it was printed in a, in a publication and they write at the stroke of a pen, the last vestige of Camilla's former status becomes a historical footnote (laughs) and just goes to show you that they recognize the power of
1: words and what that means. Absolutely. Charles. No, the last thing that I'm thinking of is in terms of symbols. The fact that Camilla is having her grandchildren perform services that typically would not be the case. I believe it's
2: four or five. Four
1: pages and five. Yeah.
2: Um, carriers of the canopy.
1: hmm So typically those were reserved for the duchy. And so now she's supplanted those who would traditionally have those roles. And from a stroke of symbolism, I think that is a fairly powerful statement.
0: Well, well, I think we should now move on to a verse before we take a break and to this wonderful song, because he leaves, I can face tomorrow. That is a message of hope. Because he leaves, all fear is gone, because I know he holds the future, and life worth the living just because he leaves. So can you read that wonderful verse for us? Uh,
1: the verse is First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead.
3: Because God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He lived and died. To so buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because He lives I can face tomorrow Because He lives All fearing Face tomorrow, because he lives. All fear is gone, because I'm
0: he leaves that's why we are here so as we closing in the service what an amazing day it has been even though there's so much that we don't know there's so much we are 27, 28 days out but we can see some crack here and there I feel something is happening. It's born to the surface. So how should we close? How should we sort of, you know, looked at those three words and summarize everything, media, work class, and symbol. What is your guys' final thoughts on those three words? How should we move forward? Because we must move forward.
2: Well, I think for me, It is, again, the recognition of how powerful symbols are and the fact that we find ourselves in unprecedented times with how media in every way affects the very fabric of our daily lives and the way that we relate to each other. And it is clear that those in power it's fair to say that they have been reckless with that power and so it falls to all of the rest of us everyone else, the non-experts the, the average Joe to stop and think and pause and be critical
0: and for you Charles
1: for myself I think for symbols and media specifically it's about how to take charge of your own line of thought and your own perception, there are greater forces at work that try and frame an argument that you may not even be aware of. And so how to take consciously how you shape and where you shape your opinions from and how important that is. And then also from a recklessness perspective, how not to let others recklessness influence who you are and what you believe.
0: Wow. Thank you. And for me, it's, it's, it's sometime I'm trying to not be sad about it and looked at it as a give rise to this incredible group of people that doesn't know each other, but speaking in one tongue, um, to this group that becomes almost like family to reach out the understanding when we all gather with one voice, what we can do, because I do believe we done amazing work, amazing thing, um, for the world and for Harry, for Megan and standing up for them, standing up for the truth and be that barrier, you know, and day in and day out and that probably would not have been possible it's one of those moments but i'm also feeling really sad because i love what media press supposed to be representing because we none of us can be at one you know, every place at one time, right? To to learn what we're learning, whether it's it's science, whether it's medicine, whether it's going to the moon, whether whatever it is like there there's a huge part. And I don't wanna see any one of them reduce to what it's happening right now with the tabloid media. Like the fact is is that you know there is situation that should be dealt with that need to be talked about. And the kind of nonsense that we're dealing with. And then they just almost go over one of the biggest things that's about to happen. And I must say, even bigger than the weddings. And it's been treated as if like a rendezvous. I just feel sad about it. I feel robbed as a student of history. That was continue learning and want to learn more. I feel sad for this moment right now that we are forced to play a part of, but not really sure how we're going to explain that to the next generation. How we going to discuss this moment when we all, all ask, where were you? I don't know
2: how fitting I think it is the what you're expressing emotionally because if you think about where we are it has been the time leading up to Easter Day and you think about how sad everyone was with what had happened and I think there's even a lesson for us in that that even when all hope seems lost there is still a future there's still possibility
0: hallelujah and I thank you for tuning in here with us and here with me and just um, thank you so much. I wanted to say thank you. So as we're moving to our last um, verse.
1: So it comes from Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here.
0: Amen. We are here because he lives. We are here because we are hopeful. Because he died for our sins. So we will start with our prayer as we always do before we move into his reason. The song that we choose for today's service. Church. could you walk us to prayer please?
2: Thank you everyone as as Lady Sussex said for listening and being with us and please join with us as we lift up these thoughts and beliefs and this prayer. And regardless of who you pray to please, please join with us. Please God allow us to fully realize the gift that you have given us especially today on Easter. Allow us to as Charles has said, to be able to live more consciously, to be able to understand ourselves and the world in which we exist so that we can be better in community, better friends, better family, better to each other. Please help us to live a life of service and to do whatever it takes to get there, in particular to stop and to think and to reflect and again please be with everyone who is less fortunate or experiencing challenging times the world is changing fast and it is not without problems without challenges without obstacles without pain so please be with everyone who has been uh, affected thank you so much for the opportunity and thank you so much for giving us the people that are around us that lift us up, whether it's friends and family, whether it's Baron or Ivy or especially Prince Harry and princess Megan for living an example. What does it mean to be of service to others?
0: And we pray for Doya and uh little Harchie, Prince Harchie and princess Lilybit and yes we are praying for the royals and the media may they see the light may they understand the power that is giving to them that is in their hand that they understand that we are here listening watching so thank you for a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Thank you for spending it with us. As we're moving to our last song, please stay worship with us if you can. As we pray the great God, the King of Kings, His reason. Happy, happy Easter. Stay safe and please take care. Yo, mental health. Have a good day. Goodbye. Here
4: we go. Risen, he's risen, forever glorified. the same